intended for every man. So this was a short recap of our previous lesson, and before we go on to our to our next lesson, we'd like to go over some of the questions that you've sent us. We'll answer them briefly. If someone has a question about materials from the previous lesson, you can raise your hand, ask it online. And I want to remind all of us, before we delve into our lesson today, we have an hour and a half of quality, spiritual quality together. We want to brush the dust of our heart, of our mind, and connect to the innermost point in our heart that's asking, what's up with your life? What do you want? What do you want to do with your life? To bring this point for it to burn inside of me and connect it to the points of everyone else that's with us here. With an open or closed camera, it doesn't matter. Like a magnet, I adhere at my point to all the other points, and together we become a big spiritual vessel that can now draw the reforming light upon us. So that everything that we study from theoretic will become from theory into practice. We'll get new qualities that will be closer to love, to bestow, just like the upper light is entirely love and bestow. Then what do we learn? Doesn't matter. What matters is this. Yeah, ju- you just answered uh, a question from Congo. Uh, he's asking, how can I cross from the desire to receive to the desire to bestow? And this is what the entire method is meant for. The entire fundamentals course and the practice that we do and everything else is that we start speaking about it more and more. We go over all the theory and the practice. So how? We take it and start using it. Next question, Ben from the Philippines is asking, by the study of the wisdom of Kabbalah, our point in the heart starts to open up. And because all of humanity is connected to each other, everyone is connected to everyone, how will we be able to contribute our share in elevating humanity, including for those who are not yet studying the wisdom of Kabbalah? Thank you, Ben. Our entire lesson will be exactly about that today, but we will answer briefly now also. All of us, as you said, are a part of one soul. In the model of the three axes, I have the upper light that creates the vessel, the one vessel, one soul, all of us. In the cascading of creation from above downward, this soul breaks. Parts of it are, exist in each and every person because we're all parts of one structure. The moment that you, for example, Ben from the Philippines, feel an awakening of the point in the heart, you find yourself opposite the wisdom of Kabbalah, together with the friends, the men and women from the entire globe. Look around you, people from the entire world, from all the nations, all the languages, from everywhere. And you begin to develop the point in your heart and you start to rise spiritually, by that you pull the entire structure up with you from within. 
you elevate everyone because we're all one network. This is the first level of uh, your influence and our influence on the whole of humanity. The second level is that you and I and all the sages of Kabbalah throughout the generations, the moment that uh, we discover this uh, great treasure, the upper light, the creator, and we're filled within it, what awakens in people is the understanding that it's not theirs, it belongs to all of us, all of the created beings. From that moment on, they dedicate their lives to this light that it will continue to spread through them onwards to all of the created beings. Why are we sitting here together? Because somebody thought about us and opened up to us this wisdom. He taught us, he wrote books for us, he publicized something on the internet for us. This is how we came here. Each one who discovers this whole upper world, all of the infinite richness that is awaiting all of the created beings, becomes an ambassador of that for all of the others. And that will be a second level of activity in which there are numerous actions that we will be able to do in order to actualize yourself and passing all this goodness onward. By that, you will join the expansion of the light in the world. So you continue uh, this work. Yeah. On our previous lesson, we had a question where we said that nothing in this world is holy. Not the trees, not the stones, not nothing. So Francesco from the Philippines is asking if there's no holiness in the still level, why is Israel called the Holy Land? So Eretz in Hebrew uh, in Kabbalah, Eretz, land in Hebrew, means desire. Desire for Israel, Yashar Kel, meaning aimed straight toward the Creator. And the Holy Land, holy means distinct, distinguished, that it's not reception, but bestowed. So the Holy Land is a corrected desire to reach the Creator. That in our world, through all the evolution, we came to a point where there are cultures and there's this geographical concept called Israel that was conquered by many empires in the history and everything. It is something that is added to those concepts. But if we study the wisdom of Kabbalah, it means that the holy land is a holy desire, meaning a desire to bestow. Wang Xian from China is asking other principles according to which we should work uh, at the time of bestowal, at the time of giving. Yes. In general, an act of bestowal is done through a principle called restriction, screen, and reflected light. Screen, as a restriction, means, let's say this is the matter that we're made of, the desire to receive the light and pleasure. We explained that in the lesson about the four phases of direct light, how the light expands from above downwards and what laws it defines in creation. Let's say that this is our inner vessel, the desire to receive the light and pleasure. It constantly wants to be filled. This is its inner intention, to draw light into it. This is our whole 
life, we want to fill ourselves with all kinds of things. So the first act on the way to bestow is restriction. To receive a power from above that allows me to restrict my natural intention in order to receive. It operates me, manages me right now. When I feel it, when I don't feel it, all the time. To receive a truly upper force that restricts for me this intention. That is the first stage. Another spiritual component is called screen and reflected light. Screen and reflected light is what allows me to build inside of me an intention to bestow. Then when I have inside of me an intention to bestow, I can also perform an act of bestowal from a place which is already clean of my ego, of my natural self-interest. Because in our world, there's a lot of giving, a lot of volunteering and good deeds that people do for each other. All of these actions, in the end, nourish a person directly or indirectly. In his own eyes, he has higher self-esteem or maybe others respect him. There are all kinds of different uh, forms of motivation that enables us, they give us fuel, energy to perform an act of taking from myself and giving to someone else attention or something, it doesn't matter what it is, some resource that comes from me. This is not yet called bestow. Bestow is what comes after the restriction and as a result of the screen and reflected light. These are upper forces that do not exist in man's nature. So when we talked before about the uniqueness of the means, we said that we have to draw upon ourselves the reforming light. It has to truly penetrate us and change within us all of our most inner elements to replace our inner wirings in the, in the most inner forces that manage us. This is in general. This toll is done through restriction, screen, and reflected light. More specifically, more practically, we can say that the entire method that Rabash left for us, Dr. Michael Eichmann's teacher, translates this one principle into the work between us, in the interactions between us. This is why we said that we do not send me or you or any one of us, the students of Kabbalah, to scatter over 8 billion people or 8 million people in the country they live in. No, we create for ourselves small conditions of a laboratory here with a group of friends who study together with me, we all start, uh, learn from the same source. What is it that we need to do? We start to exercise it in the work between us. We start to practice these things. And then you will see and discover on, on yourselves which principles are working. There is annulment, uh, inspiration. There are 1,001 principles in the work between us. We were, we're going to discover them one by one. Um, Another question asks as follows. In order to reach the creator, we have to go through these 125 degrees. How do we determine where we are? So there's a few points. First point, no one can say for someone else where they are. It's no wonder that the wisdom of Kabbalah is called a concealed wisdom, because it's not possible to feel what another person is feeling and how to relate to life. We can only see the external actions, what we're talking about, what we're doing, what the person feels we can't say. So no one can say for someone else where they are. And second, 
according to the global distribution of what people are going through uh, throughout civilization, there is a phenomena of what uh, people are going through unconsciously of uh, these uh, high matters. And there's a period where we start to think and prepare in uh, what's a preparation period. And then it rises into the next state. And we are right now in a preparation that we know the method and the wisdom of Kabbalah. And we are getting to the point that we will start to feel and really climb this uh, ladder to the spiritual worlds. Reminding everyone that you can put up your hand and ask uh, alive here online, we'll be happy to feel and see each other. Another question from Kosis from Hungary. He or she is asking, in continuation to the previous lesson, Kabbalah doesn't engage in a corporeal manners or customs of eating. But the book of Torah by Moses has numerous rules about this also. What should we eat, etc. What is the meaning of these rules in truth? Thank you for your question. In the Torah of Moses, there is a, there's a lot. There are many things that are said there. When I read this book I have pictures in my head about what is it talking about it's not certain that it is talking about what I think it is talking about or more correctly for sure the book is not talking about what I think it is talking about what does that mean reality exists like this in the model of the three axes Moses like all Kabbalists write about what happens here in the upper world only that in the upper world all kinds of processes take place because the upper world has roots within it that later on create in our world all kinds of phenomena you can use the language of the branches that we learned about So, for example, there is a verse in the Torah of Moses that says you should not cook a kid in its mother's milk. It means that in our world we do not mix in our eating meat and milk, dairy things. Where does it come from? Here in the upper world there are different forces called milk and meat. Not the milk and meat of our world, but in the upper world, the roots of that, the spiritual forces, that the combination between them is incorrect in the building of an act of restriction, screen and reflected light that is detailed into many, many different actions on many degrees that depend on all of the forces that a person discovers within himself and in creation and he combines them in order to carry out a clean act of bestowal. So the Kabbalist Moses gives an instruction, do not mix meat and milk in the inner work, in the building of your soul, when you're working with different vessels in the process of your development in which you gradually keep developing until you become entirely similar to the upper light. After you've absorbed into you the entire will to receive that was created in the beginning, the general soul, you become entirely that general soul. So along the, along the way to absorbing this entire desire into you and correcting it through screen, uh, restriction screen and reflected light, you work with many different discernments. And some of them you should mix with each other. 
it may create, it's like creating a shortcut in an electrical appliance. This is what Moses writes in his Torah, how to climb up the spiritual ladder. It has nothing to do in our world, but as a projection of that in the world of matter, in a certain group of people who developed and Kabbalists taught, taught them how to develop spiritually, they created all kinds of customs, earthly operations in the world of matter that will be like a copy-paste from the upper world. From this developed Judaism, following it other religions. And in Judaism, they took all kinds of uh, operations and customs that are supposed to remind us of the inner operations that a person performs inside of his soul as I explained so far. So as a reflection of that in the world of matter, there are the laws of kosherness in the law in the Torah of Moses and many other laws. It all stems from the upper world, it all relates to the upper world, but in the world of matter, there was also a group of people who behaved this way in earthliness, in corporeality. who are matter. Today, when I come to the wisdom of Kabbalah, as we said, it's a universal method. I can reach it from every nation, from every culture, from every tradition, with my dietary customs, these or those, in order to develop spiritually. That's the important question. Should I now start to actualize all the the laws of kosherness that are presented in uh, the Torah of Moses? In our course, we're not going to talk about it at all, because we're not engaging in that at all. We're going to learn not how to keep the tradition or customs of one nation or another, also not what is written in books like the Torah of Moses. We will only learn the internality of these things on the Kabbalistic, uh, applicative level of the interactions between the person and his friends while drawing the reforming light in order to rise on the degrees of bestowal and love. And we will never project any customs of this nation, that nation, this culture of eating or that one on our daily uh, habits. If any one of you wants to adopt any of these things, you're welcome. You can study that by themselves and take whatever they want into their lives. But here, in our general form, we will never do such things because these are not the means that develop our soul. We are continuing to get questions. What's the last question? Because we're running out of time. Yes, really uh, uh, pertinent questions, but we will get to today's topic. So what is our topic today, Boris? Why today are we meeting? Why are we meeting? Is it a coincidence or not? Why in this time? Why is this wisdom Uh, hidden for so long what's the reason for it and what's now the push for it to be revealed why disseminate it why not continue holding on to it and what are these forces so this is what we wanted to talk about today and we'll start with a clip that uh, gives a bit of a historical retrospective of our organization uh, that we took these ideas and how we implement them. So let's watch clip number two. Everything starts from... Wait a minute, friends, sorry, our mistake. We are going to start with clip number one. The chain of Kabbalists begins with Abraham. In ancient Babylon, 3,500 years ago, the cradle of human civilization. Egoism and hatred erupted and drove people apart. Abraham discovered the method of human connection and unity 
and began teaching and sharing what would later become the authentic wisdom of Kabbalah. The thousands of people who followed his path became the first group of Kabbalists in history. 1,500 years later, cruel wars break out everywhere. In a small cave in northern Israel, Shimon Bar Yochai and his nine students are writing together the great book of Zohar, a book about eternity and universal love, while outside their cave, the world sinks into darkness and conflict. The book disappears for centuries, waiting for its time to become revealed and shine its light upon the world. Towards the end of the 16th century, Isaac Luria, known as the Holy Ari, appears in our world. He was the one capable of unlocking and adapting the ancient wisdom of Kabbalah to bring its light back to our world. From that moment on, everyone can begin studying the method that can connect our hearts. The 20th century arrives. World War II breaks out, leading 6 million Jews as sheep to the slaughter. It is during this bloody period that Rav Yehuda Ashlag, known as Bala Sulam, realizes the final stage of human egoism had begun. Now, the discoveries of Abraham, the secrets hidden in the book of Zohar, and the revelations in the writings of the Ari would be compiled into the science of human connection. We are all connected in a single, wondrous system, like organs of the same body, Bala Sulam explains repeatedly. All we need is to reveal this system. His eldest son, Rav Baruch Shalom Ashlag, the Rabash, continues to interpret his writings, making them more accessible and more practical, enabling every person to reveal the spiritual world. As human egoism reaches its peak and the wisdom must spread throughout the world, appears the student who would take it to that level, Michael Leitman. He meets the Rabash at the age of 30 and stays by his side for 13 years, becoming his closest friend until his last day. Thus, the Rabash left us with a practical method and a spiritual guide to lead us to our unity. In 1995, about 10 students gather in Michael Lightman's apartment once a week. A year later, they are 40, and then 100. Every year and every month, more and more students are joining the group. In 2002, Michael Lightman is invited to give a series of lectures in North America, in L.A., San Francisco, Chicago, Philadelphia, Boston, New York, and Toronto. The halls are filled to the brim. In 2005, Rob Lightman becomes a member of the World Wisdom Council, and 5,000 people come to see him in Tokyo. The world begins to hear about Kabbalah, Bala Sulam, and global unity. He spreads the same message at the Erosa Summit, at the Table of Free Voices in Berlin, and wherever people are ready to hear it. In parallel, the students in Israel are making great efforts to launch the first Kabbalah channel on television. Every program is designed for viewers to see, hear, and feel the warmth of unity that connects us. At the same time, all over the world, branches of the Kabbalah Education Center are coming to life. In Italy, China, Russia, Holland, Sweden, Colombia, 62 countries join Israel with a common desire to elevate humanity into a single whole. In addition to the activities of the Bnei Baruch Kabbalah Education and Research Institute, social movements are initiated to promote unity above differences. 
On a daily and hourly basis, we broadcast a message of unity through any possible medium. A warm message that enters people's hearts. A message that sooner or later, the entire world will feel. We will continue and complete to the work of Abraham, who discovered the law of connection and love and passed it on to us through the lineage of Kabbalists. Today we know for sure that the law of unity, love your friend as yourself, will become the fundamental nature of life, felt within each of us, connecting all of us as one. Yes, we see what wonder it is that uh, we're able to now speak on uh, two levels uh, of the idea of why it was impossible to share the wisdom of Kabbalah, and then it was possible, and why, uh, and then the second level is about us, that we are disseminating the wisdom of Kabbalah now. And we would like to start uh, with a very uh, serious question that uh, people ask, Why until now did we not know about Wisdom Kabbalah? Why isn't it taught in the schools? Why was it uh, hidden? And only in recent years, uh, relatively, did it start to be revealed to everyone. So Balaslam answers this. He dedicates quite a bit of time in his writings to this, and he says there are three reasons for this. The first reason is that it's unnecessary and wasn't needed before. And we have a slide uh, with the writings. We want to read the full quote. You can read it yourself. Uh, this is the slide on the screen now with the quote from uh, Balasam's writing. It was the unnecessary that the people lived uh, thousands of years ago and uh, their development uh, interested them. And they started drawing on caves, and everyone was more or less according to their... Everyone wasn't just involved in their own survival. Well, there was a bit more than that, a few, and the civilization started to develop. Uh, but the majority didn't really have these questions. It wasn't relevant for them. It wasn't needed. It wasn't necessary. And those uh, few that felt the need to develop and to reach the Creator and understand nature, they would study or, or they would have the conditions, they would get the light, they would get to the teacher, to the books, they would develop. And this would just be a selected few. But again, in general, most of the people did not have this need. And it started to change in the Middle Ages, in the times of Isaac Luria, the Ari, where it was needed to be revealed, even though in those times it was very early It uh, didn't quite uh, come together yet. And there were a few attempts by the Kabbalists to explain these very high matters, how to draw people to it. And most of the people were still not interested. It was, uh, you know, the first steps that they were starting towards it. And Balaslam really brought a revolution to it. He was bringing it with a very modern uh, language. And... Uh, Uh, the second reason for uh, being hidden is that it was impossible. There wasn't a language for it, even if, uh, uh, even technologically there was no means for it. And for most of the people, it just wasn't possible to explain it to them. Even if a, a king, uh, another ruler decided that, uh, 
Uh, Everyone in their country would start to learn these things. It wouldn't be possible. It wasn't possible to express these matters. For example, uh, laws of relativity, even if we didn't quite learn physics, we know a bit about it. We know that everything is relative and uh, we can... change the system according to a certain speed and we'll see it uh, going uh, to the speed of light and the uh, Kabbalist here uh, is able to explain uh, or, or something like this it wouldn't be clear like uh, what we talk about now about the speed of light and uh, so three or four hundred years ago they would um, burn people alive uh, at the stake uh, for speaking of such things it was not possible uh, to talk about these very serious high matters these are ideas that uh, people need to change to change their nature and from these Limitations, we went to other limitations that they have to do it with other people, and it just wasn't possible. The humanity wasn't uh, ripe and ready for this. And the third uh, kind uh, of this uh, reason for this concealment is the counsel of the Lord. We don't know the Creator's plans, He knows the conditions, He knows the points, the places, uh, who to advance, and uh, how, and what, and what we understand, and what we can give an explanation to. Uh, say, from my attempt at explaining now why it's needed and why it wasn't possible, it's our explanations from what we understand right now. And uh, above that, there's the Creator that's Uh, developing humanity and it's not clear to us how uh, he's doing it and how it will be and that will stay the way it is I love hearing Boris Boris is wise and sensitive and he also dedicates his life to us sitting here and being able to study this wisdom he taught many thousands of students And he is teaching and building systems so that everyone will be able to acquire this knowledge about Kaziness. And he's also my friend in my ten. I told you that uh, throughout your development, you will later meet a small work group called the Ten, in which you will realize this uh, method. And Boris, my big brother, is also in my ten. And uh, I know him for more years than I know myself without him in this wisdom of Kabbalah. And, and in truth, before, ever since we saw this clip before, I, I have tears in my eyes because I can't believe that you are for real. I look at you from China, France, the Philippines, Indonesia, Europe, India, Japan, from, you're from everywhere, Spain, Hungary, you come from everywhere, and I don't, I can't believe that you're for real, and what is happening here is for real, that we're sitting together and studying the wisdom of Kabbalah by Baal Sulam and Rabash and Rav Leitman. Well, difficult for me, so Boris will continue. 
watch another one of the clips of how the Kabbalists throughout the eras were trying to disseminate and convey it. And, you know, Balasam was willing to speak to stones and uh, Rabash was speaking to his father, Balasam, and uh, about this, you know, he was willing to talk to even to stones, but no one was willing, no one was wanting. And you know, 100 years ago, people did not want. And he was uh, you know, printing uh, newspapers, he was handing them out, he was turning to people, and most of the people did not want. So it's, you know, really something I can identify with uh, Oren that in the last years we see how uh, you can be so happy for what we're seeing, that there are people that, uh, this is what we're seeing, that people are wanting to connect, even though it's not in their language, even though it's not their culture, even though what they might uh, read on the internet that can be confusing, Uh, and all of the preconceptions. And yet, reality changes. And it's a wonder, it's a miracle that we all witness. And with the years, uh, you know, seeing this is really emotional, uh, it's true. And... And I want to say a few more words about the essence of why it's important to us, why it's important for Kabbalists to disseminate the wisdom. This is also having to do with the, the part of the lesson today. To disseminate and to pass the wisdom on. In Hebrew, the word uh, dissemination, it's I'm not so comfortable with it when we talk about uh, dissemination. It's like, you know, there's many organizations that want to disseminate and uh, market and sell their products. Uh, that's just not us, but we have to use the same word. And the Kabbalists also use the same word. And why was it so important for them to pass it on, to convey uh, wisdom? And here's where it needs to really understand the essence. And the essence is quite simple. Again, as a past physicist, I will uh, make an example with the light, you know, with uh, electromagnetic forces that's uh, uh, penetrating throughout reality and nothing stopping it. And if it all of a sudden stops at something, at the wall, then it can't continue moving. And there is something obscure that stops it and it's uh, there. And there are sometimes uh, different components that... Uh, even can amplify it and the light can uh, run even faster like in uh, optic cables you know that are in the ocean that every few uh, kilometers there's uh, amplifier that uh, uh, amplifies the light otherwise the light would die out and it wouldn't continue uh, passing on and so the wisdom is uh, passed on in a similar way yeah, the wisdom after it's been received and it, uh, someone who uh, touches this wisdom there's then is it something it's uh, hitting a wall you know that the light hits the wall and it doesn't uh, 
pass on, it doesn't continue. Or is it transparent that everything that you receive, you pass on, and it doesn't stop at you, it is, you're not uh, disturbing it for others. In an even higher degree, that you have this inner amplifier uh, that can uh, amplify it to more languages into an even greater uh, frequency, you know, making great efforts and not to cast any flaws into it. And uh, this is one point of it. And that everything that I've received and I enjoy from it, I want uh, to be for others too. And even higher than that, even more uh, with the essence of it is that uh, the quality that we learn about is bestowing or giving. That we have the will to receive that we are born with and we want to acquire a different nature, the nature of bestowing. That means that we are learning to give. So we are learning to also receive correctly. So the wisdom of Kabbalah is a science of how to receive correctly. And Hebrew Kabbalah is through reception, receive. And so we're learning how to receive in order to give. And so the essence of this uh, spiritual development of a person is to acquire the wisdom and to feel differently. Yes, I want to feel differently. I want to change my perception of reality. Yes. And this quality that I want to acquire is uh, has to do with uh, giving, bestowal. So how can it be that I receive something and not give it to others? Then it's not uh, bestowal. It's not giving anymore. So it turns out that it's part of the method itself to learn to give to pass it on to others. I am learning to help others. And from here, this whole approach and why it was always so um, painful for capitalists that they weren't able to convey it, to pass it on. Imagine a child that doesn't want to receive uh, medicine. Imagine how difficult it is for the parent that the child doesn't want to receive. You know, they try and do what they can to to give it with a bit of uh, sweetness or with a food that they like, but so that the child will be able to want. And imagine if we can do that with the wisdom that uh, anyone would want to receive it. Uh, we see in this example that it's very important for them to pass it on this uh, medicine. So what am I trying to say here? Uh, to pass it on is not just uh, organizational need. Of course, every organization wants to grow. It wants more students. You know, that's obvious. That's uh, something uh, that we can see everywhere. But it's more than that. It's that everyone that wants to develop spiritually must pass it on. They must convey it uh, to learn how to give. So when we gather and learn together. Part of this learning is learning to disseminate and to give importance to it and to put uh, strength and forces toward it and learn uh, the expertise of teaching and disseminating and uh, its growth and its strength and we can't quite uh, cut it off that it's my development that I want it for myself and I'm not participating in any way with others uh, we will learn even more uh, you know there was a question what other mechanisms there are uh, what other laws there are and uh, so there is those who receive there's like a medium that uh, those that uh, may understand and may not understand and you're there in the middle and uh, there's others that don't understand and you can't give them by force it's like an example with a child uh, with uh, medicine that uh, doesn't want you know uh, you know, we, in life we can't just give something to someone if they don't want it 
they need to want it, to be able to receive it on their own. And this is a very wide topic, and how I feel it. It's a part of the spiritual development. Uh, we can't just cut it off that I'm learning on my own, and uh, we want to benefit and disseminate to others. So, you know, it's part of the spiritual development. It is. Let's watch the next clip. In the next clip, we will focus on Balasula, the one who actually passes this wisdom on to humanity. He summarizes everything that happened before him for thousands of years, and he opens up the door to all of us. Let's see clip number five, please. The Kabbalist who attained all of the spiritual worlds, the man who wrote the Sulam commentary for the book of Zohar, in spite of his high spiritual attainment, he asked to be lowered from his degree for us. He asked to bring the Torah of love closer to us. What did he not do for us? He warned us from the terrible Holocaust in Europe. He met with the leaders of the nation in order to build here an exemplary society. He stood at the corner of the street handing out the nation newspaper to passers-by. He opened up for us the book of Zohar so that we can climb through it as if on a ladder. Spread before us the infrastructure for building this future society. Did everything for us for the last generation. For us, those who sit here tonight. concern of Baal Sulam is engraved in each and every word and it's relevant today more than ever. It is an allegory of a society, a group of people hungry and thirsty, wandering in the desert. One of them found a place of settlement filled abundantly. Then he remembered his miserable brothers. However, he was already far away from them, so that he did not know their whereabouts. What did he do? He started to cry out and blow the horn. Perhaps his miserable, hungry brothers will hear his voice and get closer to him, and they too will reach this settlement filled abundantly. Gathering that was spoken about in the video is a great uh, convention that we had before the COVID-19 times where we would have a great assembly of many people uh, here in Israel and it's, uh, we had it for quite a few years and uh, we continued it since uh, it's quite changed with the times it's more uh, virtual uh, but still we still have such uh, meetings and uh, people come to uh, and we try to have these gatherings as uh, often as possible uh, to have our friends gathering and uh, we write uh, we hear from Balasulam writing here how he would also ask to be brought down from his degree in order to pass on the wisdom to others it's not uh, imaginable you know try to think of this it's, try to imagine a professor that's uh, already received a few Nobel Prizes, and it hurts him that uh, children in uh, first grade uh, don't understand. 
את כל המערכים המקצועיים And here it's even more that he was in a really great attainment, and it hurt him that humanity didn't understand, and there wasn't the words for it. And he asked from the Creator to lower him from his degree. You know, I don't know what this means. I'm just relating to the words that we read, that he asked to be lowered from his attainment, to feel less, to understand less, maybe. To be a good teacher for the generation at the time, uh, you know, the first grades that don't want, that aren't behaving well, and aren't really wanting him, receiving him, and still he's willing at the expense of his own spiritual development to devote forces to this. Al-Assalam started to publicize the wisdom of Kabbalah more or less in 1927. He wrote his first Uh, essay, a shining and a welcoming face about the Tree of Life, the book The Tree of Life of the Ari. And he publicized it, published it. He was born in Poland and he immigrated to Israel. And here, in 1933, he publicized a series of uh, uh, pamphlets, which he also printed, wrote and printed and explained for the broad public. What is this wisdom of Kabbalah? What can it give us, give our lives? How can it help? The, this, this the ruined world in which we live, following World War One and, 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 and the chaos and suffering that occurred, Balasulam tried to explain in the most simple way that he could to every person, whoever they are, following three such pamphlets that were publicized two weeks apart from each other, they shut down his print printing house. There were extreme uh, elements here in Israel who thought that the spirit of that Balasulam brings is a spirit that is not suitable, not uh, correct, according to their understanding that he's doing something wrong to bring this wisdom of Kabbalah throughout thousands of years was hidden from uh, the general public and it was only being passed to individuals in secrets from one to another because the time wasn't ready as Boris explained before but when Balasulam the great couplet sees that the development of the world brings us to a state where we must have the wisdom of Kabbalah in order to learn how to live together with each other in connection and love right now each one has an ego that reaches the heavens it brings us to non-stop collisions between people and nations and in our civilization in general World War One destroyed the world and Bala Sulam as a Kabbalist was standing and he wants to pass on this universal method that connects everyone and people around him do not understand him they shut down his uh, print of the newspaper after three publications. A few years later, in 1940, again he publishes a paper, a newspaper called The Nation, where he explains that here in the land of Israel we must return to this wisdom that ever since the destruction of the ruin of the temples 2,000 years ago, we lost it. Now we have to revive it between us and become a society that we will be an exemplary society for the whole of humanity, how this whole universe should 
live in connection and love, love your friend as yourself in equivalence with the upper force, which is entirely love. And here in Israel, this pilot can and should begin. Again, after one publication, again, the newspaper was shut down in 1940. Since then, he devoted his life to keep writing for many years to write the Sulam letter commentary for the book of Zohar and the study of the Ten Sefirot for the writings of the Ari. He wrote many more articles and he tried to spread them out. And really, hardly he had his students. He spent his whole life, dedicated his life, sitting days, weeks, months and years and writing until you couldn't pull the pen from his finger. He would fall asleep with it. He would fall asleep. He would put his feet in ice water so he would have the ability to keep writing the books that he wanted to publicize. He didn't have the money to pay for, for, other, for, for the printing. So he himself at an old age and not with good health. He was arranging the letters in the old-time print house, and the lead hurt his health. He devoted all of himself to this wisdom to be brought down and down and down and be adapted to people wherever they are. And it will be served to every nation, to the whole world. He made efforts for it to expand in, in the United States, in Europe, wherever it was possible. And the rating was pretty much zero. One time his wife made fun of him. She said, look, you seemingly make so much fuss and the wisdom of Kabbalah and this and that. How many students do you have? Hardly five or six. Balasulam said to her, Look, the Creator has fewer. This means that the great ones, the great ones, they don't see, they don't look at anything. There is the upper world light that fills them. And all they think about is how do I pass it on? To whom? To whoever we want it. All of the created beings need it. All of us are parts of the one vessel. We need to learn how to connect between us with love so that this one light will be able to fill us. This is the entire wisdom. It's an infinite wisdom in its depth. To realize that you need your whole life. This is why we're alive in this world. With all due respect to work, family, paying mortgage, career. We're living for this, to realize the wisdom of Kabbalah, the wisdom of life, and rise to infinity, to eternity, to wholeness, not one gram less. This is the game of life. And the wisdom of Kabbalah teaches us how to do it, to receive all the good that is awaiting us. So Bala Sulam, who operated until his very last day, he passed away in 1954, he dedicated his life to this. The fact that we are now talking here today, it's thanks to him. If not for him, we wouldn't be here today. We wouldn't be connected between us, connected to the wisdom, none of it. And these examples are very important to us. It could look like nostalgia or something, but it's not emotional nostalgia or anything, because it's so important. Okay, we're excited, but we have to learn from those people who went through this path, who were not afraid, that stood by themselves against everyone, but they felt that they're doing the right thing, and it was extremely important for them, and they did what they did. So we learned this as an example. And another explicit example of that is the Rabash, his elder son. Please. Rabash, uh, prepared me 
and, and brought me into the spiritual track. It's something which is eternal. It gave me life. This corporeal life, we understand this is not life. It's just some opportunity. opened up this opportunity for me as a way. So, of course, I relate to him. I don't have the words. That's, it's, it's everything. It's not everything. It's a force. quietly behind the scenes in order to build us. Now too, we are under his treatment. I feel that. Thirty years ago, was I thinking that really 200 meters away of the bench that we sat on with Rabash uh, on, thousands of people will gather who want, according to his method, to break into spirituality? Yes, and no. truth. It's as if you expect me to say, no, I, I didn't expect it, I didn't think so. I Maybe I even thought about bigger things. During these 30 years, I learned we actually do not determine that the fact that today we're gathering thousands of people from all over the world in so many different languages and we want to break through to spirituality through the connection between us through this vision to discover the upper force that resides between us it is all truly thanks to our teacher Rabash these are all signs that make me very happy the best way to learn is from an example. So practically every day we see how our teacher, how he related to his teacher, how he speaks about him, 
how he learned from him, and what can we draw for today from those studies. How meticulously he relates to all the things that he got from his teacher, and for us, it's an example, and we're trying to be like him. So let's watch one more clip that's a bit closer to us. About what can we do? What did we start doing? What are we doing? Let's see another clip. Clip number two. It all starts with a bright idea. After the bright idea is born, we put it together into a particular idea. We produce and edit and uh, prepare. Sometimes we delete also. When we prepare, we only think about one thing, for the message to reach as many people in the world as possible. But what can we do? The world doesn't yet speak one language, the language of the heart. So we have to operate a huge network of professional translators from all over the world. Just like we translate our daily Kabbalah lessons to dozens of languages. So there will not be a single point in the heart that will not receive in its mother's language the words of the Kabbalists. 24,000 students of Rabbi Akiva died because of unfounded hatred. They fell from the degree of mutual love to envy, pride and egoism, and disappeared as though they never existed. Rabbi Akiva knows his fate was determined. This is the last guidance he's going to pass on to his students. Rabbi Shimon Bar-Yochai, Rashbi is one of them. Mysterious, versed in miracles. He expected only one miracle. To raise this world full of trouble and suffering, to love, harmony, to the Creator. This is exactly the reason that made the Romans see him as a threat. That free spirit that he projected. This is exactly how we want to translate all the wonderful contents that we produce, clips and movies, courses and books, everything. I engage in the wisdom of Kabbalah for more than 40 years and I can say only one thing. There is no engagement that is more important than what we are engaging in. In the study and dissemination of the wisdom of Kabbalah all over the world, because on this depends all of the good future of the entire world, the whole of humanity, not only ours. We are the only organization that takes care of all the people in the world, all human beings, and gives everyone an explanation about the wisdom of Kabbalah and what's to bring everyone closer to it. So we very much want that the wisdom of Kabbalah will be translated to all the languages and we take care of that we invest in it a lot of power and money and I very much hope that you will also join it and indeed we will see that the whole world is filled with the sources of the wisdom of Kabbalah in all the languages so that indeed each one will have the entire wisdom of Kabbalah explained to them in the language that they are close to Um, Ken I'm also 
I'm also a translator, I also translate, and I was uh, once again very excited to see all of this. It's very important to understand with that with all the ambitions that the organization has to grow, it's very important to, both for our own spiritual development and the development of the whole of humanity. Don't um, sit in a corner, lock yourself within yourself. No, let's sit, study together, improve the relations between us so that they will simply be excellent. And life maybe doesn't allow it, but the more we deepen into the source texts, we see that the world is a global world. So if we have the opportunity, we must pass it on and the entire system of dissemination in our organization the way it's built is that we are a, a non-profit association they're both the people that study. Unfortunately, we don't have any other sources of income. Um, we are the ones that sustain, we the students sustain the organization, the dissemination, all the systems. And we come and study and we learn more and more things. And of course, we have to follow up on the technologies. We have to keep ourselves up to date. Uh, in the past, we only published books since there's the internet around and you have to have good access and the way the internet's changing. And you have to change sites every few months and it needs to be fast and all the translations and you need to study new technologies so those friends that uh, came to study the wisdom of Kabbalah and have an inclination or understand in technology they were the ones that built the technological department and all the sides and everything Anyone, no one came here in order to develop technology people came here in order to study the wisdom of Kabbalah and develop spiritually but people see over time that if they know computers, they they develop that field. If someone knows how to translate, then you translate books, you translate the morning lesson. Uh, if you understand graphics, you design whatever products we have, you make movies. Most of our activities, of course, media, because we need to try and find the right current interesting expression that will reach any person to translate it into every language that we can and make it accessible so that anyone who's point in the heart suddenly awakens that they won't have a hard time to find us. Maybe AI will feel at some point that that person is looking for the meaning of life. Great. Let's introduce him to Bnei Baruch. Every person, and this is our purpose, that in a person's initial inclination, when a person will want to find our materials, that it will be accessible to him. This event we're taking part in right now, the global campus about the Foundations of the Authentic Wisdom of Kabbalah all over the world. It's a course that in order to make it happen, we're being served by hundreds, hundreds of people all over the world. 
Right now I'm speaking in Hebrew. You're getting our words in your language. There is an entire team of translators in your language, in that language, in this language, and really in all languages. The contents must be prepared. The articles need to be translated. The clips should be translated. Books have to be printed in all the different languages. Who's going to do it? Friends, men and women like me and you, who started to study the wisdom on their own, and in order to keep developing spiritually and to become in order to bestow. What are we going to bestow? What do we have to bestow? We can bestow the greatest thing. The Creator gave us a gift, the wisdom of Kabbalah, how to receive all of the upper light in order to bestow it onwards, in order to pass it on. Passing the wisdom on, and it doesn't matter where you are on the chain. You open up this Zoom into which people connect, and you make it work properly. It doesn't matter which action you are doing. You place yourself on the path on which the light flows. It flows through you onwards to somebody else. By this, you expand your inner vessels. You develop your soul. If somebody, thanks to you, is connecting to this wisdom, to this divine wisdom, it is yours. You grow. You receive from above only a small point inside your heart. A point doesn't have enough power to draw the great light to you. You have to connect it to other points. And when you pass it on through you, this godly wisdom, when you pass it on to other created beings, there is nothing that, quote-unquote, makes the Creator more happy than this. You connect yourself to the chain of the great ones, all the people of light throughout the generations that pass it on, and even me that little tip. I join it and I pass them on to you through myself. So I now join their group, the group of those who pass it on, pass the upper light onwards. And in your whole life, this is what will remain out of you. So even if you feel that you're not so successful, more successful, less of this, more of that, but you passed it on, you opened the door to someone else, you did the greatest thing for your soul, for your eternity, for your wholeness. Now, for example, I'm speaking and I see on the screen the translators, men and women, they're sitting there for hours translating They're completely transparent in order for all the people in the world, literally, in each language that they speak, will be able to hear. They will hear Bala Sulam and Rabash and Rav Lightman, and they will connect to the upper light. There is nothing more important than that in men's life. So all of the doing of our organization all over the world, in all the different languages, it is all leans on this deep inner understanding of a person that in order to develop, he has to expand his vessels. He passes the wisdom on. By this, he acquires for himself the highest spiritual possession there is. I'm a part of the expansion of the light into creation. I do whatever needs to be done in this world like everyone, but in my spare time, when I choose out of scrutiny and awareness to dedicate some of my time without being paid for it, to the fact that the wisdom will expand. By this, I I connect myself to all the great ones who live before me. I receive their forces 
and those who will receive from me, from them, through me. So first we have to say thank you to all of those who are translating, for example, right now, and organizing this event for us in all the different languages. I applaud you, my brothers and sisters. This exists thanks to you. I wish you good health and that the Creator will give you the strength to keep going, and we will also try to do the best we can. So it turns out so that we're sitting here and speaking in front of you, but for that to, to happen, there are dozens and dozens of friends that are working and supporting as we speak, and we're sitting in a studio, someone built it, someone put in the aircon, someone's working the technology now, plenty and plenty of friends that it's important to them to be transparent to the light and pass it on. Another thing I want to note now, the resources we have as an international organization to do all of the huge activity that I hope will keep growing and growing and it will expand and serve all the people in the world, billions truly, that they will drink from this godly fountain depends on two main resources. One is the desire and the time and the doing that people who study the wisdom of Kabbalah and feel it's important to do these things, they do them. And two, the monetary resources, they also come only from people who study and think that they want to contribute to the expansion of this thing onwards. As Boris said, we don't have any government uh, organization somewhere in some country that gives us money, that gives us funds, and it says, wow, it's important what you do, take a few millions or billions, have it. We don't have any of it, zero. Those who study and feel it's important and wanted to expand, they contribute something out of their time or money, and this is how it developed from truly zero. When I came to study with Rav Lightman, there was one table, one long table, some very small moldy apartment in Zaybrak. One table, chairs on both sides, Rav was sitting at the, head of the, ta- at the end of the table, and suddenly... We started to understand that this wisdom, as Balasulam writes, has to expand onward. I remember that my friend, who's a cinematographer, a great uh, director, won, won many awards. He came and put a picture on the wall. He said, we have to build a TV studio, radio studio, translate to all languages, publish books. And we were sitting there, a few friends, drinking a cup of coffee, learning the wisdom of Kabbalah. And he was speaking about something that was universal. And it was clear that he's right, but who will be merited with seeing such things actually happening? How did it happen? The Creator did everything. He did that too. But through whom? Through people who felt that this is important. Like Boris said, this one knows how to do this, this, she knows how to do that, let's do it together, and we make up something not so good, tomorrow we'll make it better. And now too, I'm sure that we're not being able to pass this uh, godly wisdom in the most perfect way. That's okay, others will follow us, maybe you will, and you'll do it better, a thousand times better. In, uh, the, in the Philippines, and China, and Japan, you'll do it a million times better. But we didn't want to, put it, to do it, we tried, and this is how it works. Creator helps and people come and they also come in, they chip in, they do something, I know how to do this, I know how to do that, and somehow we all roll along, the light comes and it supports and it opens the ways for us. The most important is the desire. If you have a desire in your heart that it will pass through us, and then we think together how to pass it on, everything just happens. 
Actually, we wanted to share a bit who we are and why do we do the things that we do. We have questions, maybe we can answer a few of them that aren't exactly on the topic, but already asked them. How can we not answer? If you have the desire and deficiency and you're asking, it doesn't matter if it's on the topic or not. If it's a deficiency, it's a, it's want, it's a desire. And for us, it's an opportunity to answer. And we're still inviting anyone who wants to ask, send us questions, to put up your hand, we will let you have the right of speech. We have 15 minutes. Let's start. Kathleen from Hungary. Can we say that Kabbalah is a philosophical uh, Gnostic science you believe in the creator you don't believe in the creator because we'll have to open up each such concept because who's the creator what does it mean to believe what does it mean to feel when you say Gnostic it's something very real tangible that if you don't feel it, it doesn't exist. From that point of view, yes. But I won't define it that way. And I won't say that it's the opposite of it, because it's all from a completely different it's a different ballpark. It's a different field. Mr. Nuri Yamagishi from Japan is asking, how did Bala Sulam become from a composer to a Kabbalist? I guess you're asking following the wonderful lecture that uh, the musician Danny Weitzfeld uh, gave us about Kabbalah and music together with Yusufir. So you got a bit confused. He did not become from a composer to a Kabbalist. He became a Kabbalist and the result of his spiritual attainment, he expressed what he felt also in the form of music. But that came later. Next question, Sylvia from Spain. Almost all the Jewish holidays have this expression, their Kabbalistic expression. They all have in some way a, a way to draw the upper light. In, uh, unconnected to what religion we have, what Jewish holidays should we keep as students of Kabbalah? Dear Sylvia, what we will study here together is spiritual principles, this is what we will actualize in our spiritual development. And what we want to study here together as spiritual development, it's a sign that there's no need for it. So there's no need for you to get scattered uh, to the Jewish holidays or other holidays. If something is important, we will talk about it here when we reach its time in the right uh, time of the year. And if we do talk about it here, it will be in order to learn from it the spiritual principle that we can realize in our spiritual work, unrelated to the calendar or the time of the year. Everything will come in its time. Take it slowly. Maria from Hungary is asking. Does the acquisition of knowledge not build the ego in the same way that you suppress pleasure. Of course, knowledge gives you pleasure. According to Maslow, uh, a desire for knowledge, uh, according to the pyramid of the development of desires, the desire for knowledge comes right before the desire for spirituality. We need knowledge. We base ourselves on it. We're intellect and emotion. We feel something. We know, want to know what that is. So we use knowledge. But knowledge is never a goal in and of itself. We have an online question. Our friend from China 
Thank you very much for your question. We study these tools. If we learn the principles, then we talk about that too. First of all, where do we work? It's the relations between us. The creator is revealed in the relations between people. First, there's the revelation. Oh, what are those tools or vessels? Many things, relations and the laws of communication between us and that there are also the books from which we draw light and dissemination is also another tool because it's the opportunity to acquire additional desires and also participating in the lesson just so passively as if that also builds your vessels because I hear the questions of others. I identify with them. Maybe I'm telling myself it's a good question or not good, but it's my attitude toward another person, another desire. And I can annex to myself a question, a desire of another person. It's an asset. So there are plenty of tools, vessels, and this is something we'll learn. Sylvia from the Spain is asking, how do you uh, relate some sort of a spiritual transaction like uh, if you try to donate money to Israel uh, the little money you can give goes away and all of the financial transactions and the fees I'm not an expert Sylvia on the on these financial transactions but I can tell you we have students from all over the world who contribute their time and money for in all the available currencies through the systems we have and if they can do it I'm sure you can do it also. I'll ask that in the local languages, they'll give you the correct links to all of our donation websites. Yeah, in some countries, there are local associations where you can contribute and local currency. Again, our purpose today wasn't to recruit anyone for dissemination activities or to ask for you to donate, but to explain why do we do it. For us, it's very important. Next question. Maria from Hungary is asking, was Adam Harishon a, a true, a real person? If not, who is Adam Harishon? And who is Adam Kadmon? Nice, Maria. The question shows that you're listening. So, Indeed, we have two concepts, Adam HaRishon, the first Adam, and Adam HaKadmon, the early uh, uh, primordial Adam. And we also call ourselves uh, human beings, Bnei Adam. So let's put things in order. We have the general soul that was created. It is called the soul of Adam HaRishon. It's not a person. It's the general soul, the general will to receive the creator created. It's called the soul of Adam HaRishon, or just Adam HaRishon, the first Adam. When we say Adam HaRishon, this is what we mean. In the spiritual world, there is a structure of worlds in which this uh, soul develops. One of these worlds, the first one is called Adam Kadmon, uh, ancient Adam, let's say. There is the world of Ensof and the other one, Adam Kadmon, Atzilut Bri'ai, Etzira Asiya. They're all here in the model of the pre-access. They're all here on the extension from above down. One of the worlds is called Adam Kadmon. It's not a general soul. It's a world called Adam it's like a prototype of all the worlds that follow it. And there is us down here in this world, human beings, because we are named after Adam, uh, uh, reflecting the future when we will also develop our point in the heart and become Adam. 
Adam in Hebrew comes from Edamela Enyona. I will resemble the upper one. I will become like the upper force, meaning that I acquire the same form of uh, bestowal as the one that exists in the upper light. Victoria from Hungary is asking, I'm starting to feel, uh, I'm becoming afraid. Am I strong enough for this path? So the way I understand it, the Creator doesn't send anyone something that that person cannot use in order to advance. Every person in the world is in the best possible state to advance in the development of one's soul. This is an axiom. The Creator is never wrong. Now, how to look at it? Different people have different periods in life. Sometimes I'm excited about something. I think that that's the most important thing. Then my desire changes, come fears, there are doubts. By the way, doubts are good. Then I think, will I have the strength? Won't have, won't I? All these are scrutinies that a person must go through. He needs to pass himself through these scrutinies. So it's very good. Contemplations, doubts, that's something very good. So it's up to the... After the Creator gives you whatever He gives, a person needs to see how does he to relate to the present that he has received. Adrian from Hungary is uh, asking, I just want that uh, my entrance to the world, to the upper world, will not be through suffering or illness or sadness. What should I uh, give up on? We too, Adrian, we don't want sickness or poverty or sadness. What should we give up on? Maybe you have to give up on uh, on being by yourself. Seemingly, there is the Creator who awakens the point in my heart. There is the wisdom of Kabbalah, and I will study and develop, and I will discover, and I will attain. And the words Atzilut, Adam Kadmon, and Adam Arishon. So that's not going to happen on your own. It will happen if I will connect my point to other points. Because of this, the one soul was shattered in order to force us to get closer to each other. Each one of us likes to be inside of his uh, conch, his shell. It's comfortable, I have the air conditioning, I'm, I'm comfortable in every interaction with somebody who's not me. All kinds of frictions begin, all kinds of noises. One ego collides with another, a will to receive collides with another, will to receive. And there actually is the work in rising above the ego that is separating us and to learn how to build a cover of love, a connection of love, how to bring the Creator between us. We discover Him between us. We're like components of Adam HaRishon that was broken, and the light exists between us. No one can perceive it by himself. This alone in which you develop generation after generation is a development through way of uh, suffering and, uh, and sorrow, illness, suffering, but sadness, but it brings me to the wisdom of Kabbalah that teaches me how to connect myself to other people in whom also the Creator awakened that point and then together we build a vessel between us that can develop through from good to more good and more good. There's no need for suffering, no need for sadness, sorrow, 
None of this is needed. Only to get closer to each other, even the, the ego pushes us away. And again, I get closer, the ego pushes me away, and I get closer again and again. And then I become the general soul that has a huge ego inside of it, but it is covered through restriction screen and reflected light. And we discover all of this practically in our work with each other. Therefore, our work in the group, in what you will discover later as your 10, this is the place where I discover my spiritual life. I think that we'll stop here. There are more questions, but we'll answer them next time. The purpose of our meeting today was to get to know Amboys, this Owen, where from Nebauch. Why did we arrange this course together? Why was this wisdom hidden for so many years? Because as Bala Sulam writes, there was no need. It was impossible to pass it on. And the Creator, He raises us the way He sees fit. And the purpose of passing it on, it is a part of a person's spiritual development. I can't only receive and receive and take and understand more that way. The essence of things is that I learn how to give and bestow, which means that I need to pass on, pass it on. And this is the purpose of dissemination, that through the different movies and books and translations and everything, this is how we do it. And how do we do it? A person, another person, a student, and another one, and the interaction between us and overcoming, coming out of our comfort zone, each of us, and looking for the Creator. I have to, I see before me my great friend, Owen. Owen is Chinese, who now live, today lives in the United States. He's now translating this lesson to Chinese. And when you ask in Chinese, Owen is translating to us in uh, English. Can we see him? There he is. Hello, my beloved brother. Owen is the first Chinese person that I met in my life. I never had a friend from China. And a few years ago, when I met him, when he started to study Kabbalah, he started to study Kabbalah in English because there was nobody back then to translate to Chinese because he was the first Chinese friend. But after he started to study Kabbalah, he said, I'm Chinese. I'll start to translate to Chinese. There are many Chinese people. I want them to connect all of these good this is an example. And ever since then, his whole life, besides working and making a living and, and living uh, in this world, he's a businessman. I wish him success. But he dedicates all of his soul, all of his free time to that, that many Chinese people will join us. And now he has some contentment. There's a group of students, men and women from China. This is, for me, the summary of this lesson. This is how you are, special people who shine to the world, each one in his place, in his language, with his huge heart. And I hope that we will help each other to create such a big embrace all, embrace all over the world, through which and to which all people, wherever they are, will be able to join. May we be rewarded with hugging each and every person from each and every nation and living in a new world, a world of love that the Creator will fill and we will give him contentment. That's it. We love you. All the best. Feel the good who does good. See you next week.